0: Just a quick reminder, folks, this podcast can now be found just about anywhere podcasts are available, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on our awesome hosting site, Anchor.fm. You can also watch the video version on YouTube at Dirty Decibels Podcast. If you enjoy it, don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll see you soon with more all-new episodes. <laughs> Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Dirty Decibels podcast. My name is Jeff, and uh, I am super honored to have Derek Zanetti on the podcast today, uh, aka the Homeless Gospel Choir. I am a huge fan of Derek's music, and it's really cool to have you on. Uh, thanks really for being here. You here. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, I we of course could talk for probably hours about your your music and your art, but you've been doing a lot lately uh, in, in the podcast world talking about music collecting and, and collecting music. And you have, I have to say like one of the most astounding music collections I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> just, just floor to ceiling cassettes. And so I'm hoping to get into this a little bit about, about your history with music collecting and your, your, your vibes with it. how, how when did that room start or not that room specifically, but everything that's in that room, like, where did that come from?
1: Well, it's there's been so many different incarnations of it. Um, I had a I had a small, a very small record collection that um, I, I I had whenever I was a teenager and into young twenties that uh, disappeared over a uh, a breakup that I just I was like I'm leaving and I'm leaving all my stuff too. Oof. Um, and I lost a few records there and then moving around. And most of the, most of the things that I would take whenever I would move, I really wouldn't have very many things, but I would have my records. Um, in 2000 and, um, 2015, 2014, maybe we had a flood at our house. Ooh. And my records used to be downstairs. Yeah. Um, and there was a pipe that burst in the ceiling and flooded our whole downstairs, and I lost about 80% of my record collection then. Oh, that's um and that was all the all the super big darling records too, like the ones that you 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 super search for and and uh records that were pretty rare in my estimation. Um and I just uh I just had to get rid of them. I mean they're completely waterlogged yeah. and, and, and no had no value. Yeah. So I went ahead and I got rid of them. And what you see here for the most part is all that I've collected from 2014 until current. Oh wow. Um, okay. So all this stuff that I've bought and that I've gone out and I've looked for um is within the last, you know, so many years.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. I feel like I was going to say before. I feel like you mentioned the breakup, and I'm like, you know, it's a real serious breakup. If you're like, peace out, keep the records. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was I
1: was on a rocket ship out of there. Yeah. I I I was. Um, it was good that I did, and it was, and I'm I'm glad that I did, and it was. I was 19 <laughs> years old, and I I'm glad that I just you can have the records.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I've been thinking and talking a lot about music collection. More recently, I had a, I actually had a, a relative who passed away a, a while back who left behind a, a large amount of home hi fi gear and a great many albums as well. But I was tasked with uh, helping my my uncle in this case going through a lot of this stuff, and we sold some of it and um and and kind of piecing through it all. And it really started to like turn me on to the idea of getting into hi-fi and getting into like having a setup and, and having, having the physical medium that I feel like as a child of the time I grew up in was entirely CD based, which is cool. But my, my very slow start into collecting physical medium albums, vinyl and tapes started, I'd say probably 2017, 2018 till now. So it's like very much in its infancy <laughs> compared sure. to yours a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just, I was talking to somebody recently about tapes and it's like, I'm not listening to a tape because of the quality. I'm listening to a tape because there's something awesome about opening a tape and putting it in the player and pressing play, right? Like th- there can
1: be really great quality cassettes though. There, there can and be. I, I like that. I think as, technology has progressed and as we figured out cleaner ways to record them like there's some records that i buy now on cassette because i love i just love how it looks on the wall and i like the fact that you can get a whole album for eight dollars and it's it's really i think the cassette in my humble opinion is like the working class blue collar out like i collect records and you know most of these that i got i paid a dollar or two for yeah like most of it most i mean i just love the hunt of it i love to go to the flea market i love to go to the thrift store now certainly some records in my collection that are much more rare you know i've had to pay money for or i've had to trade for or i've had to uh, you know try and finagle my way into um but uh but yeah most of them i got like you know at a punk show for five dollars right. or i'd you know i'd find at a you know a punk rock flea market I, one one of my favorite finds is I went to a punk rock flea market right here in Pittsburgh, and I found an I found a copy of the Beach Boys' uh, Smiley Smile mm-hmm. on cassette, which is like one of my gold nuggets. Like if I ever found this in the wild, my mind would explode. Yeah, and I don't. Um, but yeah, I just I just. I, I think maybe I was buying a whole bunch of cassette tapes before it got to be super duper hyper popular. And uh, not to say that I did it before it was cool, but I did. And I, uh, yeah, I was, I was getting a whole bunch of them for really, really cheap.
0: I I feel like the the, the thing with tapes too, is that you can collect them. Yes, they are becoming kind of, kind of, you know, trendy now, I guess you could say. But uh, I feel like
1: Taylor Swift Swift put out a cassette tape.
0: Yeah, it's huge. Taylor Swift put out a cassette
1: tape it's a wrap she put one out there's you know it's no longer longer, exactly
0: no I mean I was well what I was gonna say is that I think the vinyl definitely like vinyl has become like it went from like okay nobody wanted vinyl to like uh, ultra hipster snob you know in Mm -hmm. the vinyl world like collecting all these rare albums and snobbing about vinyl and and having the perfect turntable and and all this kind of stuff, and I was gonna say that like at least tapes are like lagging behind that a little bit, like you know you can still like grab tapes kind of readily without like having to be a snob about it. i don't know yeah. um, but for me, it's definitely so when I was a kid, I distinctly remember the the hunt of like some there's an album out there that's on c d that's like seventeen or eighteen dollars or sixteen or fi- or even fifteen dollars but there's a cassette version of it that's like $7 and I would have to go for like, you know, if I had, if I had some $10 birthday gift or something like that, like th- that's where I would go. So for me, I guess my hunt or my start in trying to to hunt for tapes and stuff like that has been largely nostalgic as opposed to sure. maybe having a golden nugget that I, I haven't really found yet. And so the first record that I had on cassette tape was Jagged Little Pill uh, which somebody gave to me a a babysitter at the time had actually like give, she used to play it in her car. And, um, so she left it with me to like listen to and then wound up not being the babysitter anymore. And I, I kept it. So that was my first tape, uh, that I ever had. So that was like number one find later on when I was like, I need to go back and get all the cassettes that I had when I was, when I was a kid. So what was your first, I'm curious what your first one was.
1: My first cassette like tape? your first
0: cassette that you the first album you ever had on cassette. I don't know if you still own it now or if you if it's yeah. a golden nugget for you to find,
1: but sure. what's your first one um so another reason why I love to collect music is that when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to. My parents were um very conservative christian like right wing evangelical Christians mm-hmm. and like we weren't allowed to listen to the radio or have like certain type of music so like I wasn't allowed to have it. So I think now as an adult, like my affinity to punk rock is because of how dangerous it was made to look whenever I was a kid and how illegal it was. Yeah, so of course, lot. if my parents say that it's bad, it has to be the coolest thing ever. And yeah. it was, Yeah. <laughs> um, but my first cassette tape, I remember getting a band called DC talk. Do you know who DC talk is? No. DC talk Damn. is a Christian. They're a Christian hip hop hip hop band from like the late eighties, early nineties. Okay. If you can think of like that super corny era of hip hop of like, um, MC hammer meets vanilla ice meets, um, um, Millie Vanilli, like a, just super, say Milli
0: Vanilli. <laughs> like a super
1: plasticky Yeah. Um, uh, hip hop like a thing like that, but it was yeah. all about like Jesus and like, yeah. and then you give your heart to the Lord or whatever. <laughs> and that was my first cassette tape. And I got that for my birthday when I was about 10. Okay. Um, my parents knew at the time that I was interested in music, but there was not, they weren't giving me anything that I liked. They were, you know, giving me like, you know, uh, you know, some, christian thing and i just wasn't having it um so that's why i think i collect music so much now and why i cherish it and like the things that i wasn't allowed to have whenever i was even like growing up into the late 90s and into the early 2000s like as a late teenager like thinking about like what it would have been like for me to to go to this i mean i listened to that music because i had friends and we had like secret mixtapes I, I had a clock radio in my room yep. and I figured out how I could make cassette tape dubs off the radio. radio yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I would I would stay up late late nights on certain nights of the week like Sundays and Tuesdays I think I remember. Um and they would have like you know the 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 f- from the beyond uh radio show and they were playing like really obscure um uh out there bands like bad religion and like super obscure bands like afi or you know whatever it happened to be yeah and for for mainstream radio to offer like a weirdo punk right you know you know even marketable punk station um was very appealing and i mean i remember listening to that and finding like you know Soundgarden and metallica and um sublime even and you know things of that you know as long as it was alternative and it came on the radio I was into it like I didn't know that there were different genres really I didn't know anything about that I just knew that like this is what people they play this often so a lot of people must like it and if a lot of people must like it it must be good and that was just my thinking that you know as a 12 year old so I was just like making those cassette tape mixes so that whenever it was time to talk about punk rock or it was time to talk about Nirvana at school, I had like some material to talk about because otherwise all my friends are talking about like, did you hear the new Nirvana record? And I'm there like, what's Nirvana? Right. And like everyone knows in 1994, everybody knows who Nirvana is.
0: Right. Right.
1: But I didn't. Yeah. Like, I was like, what do you mean? It's the biggest cultural thing to ever happen. Right. What do you mean you don't know about it? Yeah. Like, So like for me, like the idea of having the music and like being able to choose it for myself is like a super empowering thing that like I have just carried into adulthood that like, if I have extra money when I do have it, I think about the things that bring me like an immense amount of joy and like sitting down with an album and like looking at the liner notes and the fucking cover and all the art that goes in with it. And like, sometimes there's a zine on the inside of it. Sometimes there's like a really cool screen print on the inside of it or like a cool poster or something. Like I love the record. Like I love to have it it. Not just the songs that made the radio either, like all the songs that are in the middle too. And like how important they are to tell the whole story. And I know that bands in some cases today, not just bands, but you know, people who are making art art as music are are focused on like making a single and then following and chasing however the single makes you feel. But like, I like to sit down and have a whole 30 minutes of like, I want to hear what the whole idea happens to be. And that's another reason why I prefer an album or a cassette tape or a CD. I have a lot of CDs too. I have a whole CD wall there. Yeah. And I, I, I still listen to CDs a bunch too, because it provides the same, it provides the same <laughs> type of, it provides the same type of experience for me. Um, yeah. And they're, ch- and they're super cheap to get now. You can get you could buy CDs in the dollar bin all day long till your face turns green. It's
0: gone the other way now. Now it's like now those are the cheap things that nobody seems to want and everybody's going back of course cuz cuz you know.
1: My friend also had a CD burner too. So we would we would go to his house in his basement and where he had his computer room and we would go into his computer room and burn CDs too. So I had when I was in high school, I had like a CD hookup, but the reason the tape thing worked so well is because the church that my parents went to had, uh, they would be able to get the Sunday sermons on these blank tapes. They were just white tapes and they just had the date on it from the Sunday sermon at church. And they were long enough that I could put a a good piece of material on them. And then they would last me, you know, a few weeks, maybe a week or two until I got tired of the songs. And then I would make another mixtape. Um, But that's how, that's why I stuck with the cassette tapes for so long because my parents weren't wise to me taping over them. I was just taping over their Sunday sermon tapes with like, you know, metal, guar. I remember, I remember (laughs) whenever, I remember taping guar on there and then hip hop stuff too. Like, you know, I mean, terrible hip hop stuff, like Three, Six Mafia and the like. There's like the most vulgar and crass stuff you could ever imagine. But I knew that it existed and I knew that it was, I knew that there were good people involved in like this world, like the music world. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that there was all these weirdo people who were making this weirdo punk rock music, and I I knew that I wanted to be a part of it in some way, but I I felt like I could, like I wasn't allowed to be, or I was, it was forbidden in some ways. Right. Um, so yeah, that was that's kind of my beginning of 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 like finding my own music and like making it and like being able to make dub tapes and stuff. I do remember getting a gift certificate for Christmas one year and I went out and I bought REM Monster on CD. And I had that CD and I listened to that. I hid it. I mean, I hid it. It was under my bed somewhere and I just kept the CD in the player and I hid the case somewhere. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I listened to that album on repeat for months, I think, because I I mean, it was just the only record that I had. I didn't know how to get other ones because also, too, at that time, good records all had the uh, uh, parental advisory sticker on the right, front. Right. And you couldn't just go ahead. Um, you couldn't just go ahead as a, as a 14 or a 15 or a 16 year old, even just go to the record store in a mall yeah, and, you know, guess, buy an album. Yeah,
0: I never yeah. thought about that because I, I don't yeah. remember if I bought, I mean, I guess I must have had, I must have some that have that on it. And, and yeah, I don't know if maybe I just like didn't buy them till I was old enough looking or, or something. But hearing that story really makes me think about how fortunate I was that my parents kind of were into music. They weren't musicians themselves or anything, but like, you know, growing up hearing the first music I ever heard in my house was like Paul Simon and my mom, my mom's, um, uh, records of like, my mom was really big into Broadway and would listen to like the whiz and soundtracks, movie soundtracks, like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you don't think about how like people's experience, you know, you don't, th- I, I never was in a position where I had to think about music as like something that was being kept from me. And sure. so it's just, you know, really eye opening to, to, to realize that there's situations like that where people are like kind of kept from consuming music in that way when they're younger, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense that you would have, such an impressive music collection now um.
1: and when you buy used and you buy and you're and you like to pick I love to pick I love to go to a yard sale I love to go to a flea market I love to dig through crates I really love to try and find something like that's obscure that might just be thrown into a bin somewhere that no one knows about at a, thr- at a thrift store or something yeah. so like that's my favorite when I know that I've really found an you know a real crackerjack um, you know when you find find it out in the wild Um, and that's why, like, there's certain tapes that I have that I just collect of an artist. Like I have, you know, a number of the same, uh, dead Milkmen tape, because if I'm out in the wild or I'm at, uh, I don't know if y'all have half price books. Do you have half price books up there in Massachusetts? Is,
0: uh, is that an actual like store name?
1: Yeah. It's like a chain store. I,
0: I don't think so. No, we have savers up here.
1: They have, it's like a big bookstore. It's okay. like a bookstore that sells uh, used books at a discount. Okay. Well, that's where I found like so many of my favorite tapes because nice. for the longer time, their focus was on vinyl and they had walls and walls of vinyl. They were selling at these excruciating prices and then underneath the, the vinyl table were just bins of cassette tapes and it were all a dollar. Right. So I would just go there and just take like a day and I'd say, well, today I'm digging through the, I'm digging through all the bins at half price books and I'm going to go ahead and see what they have in there. And I found so many amazing things for a dollar or $2.
0: Yeah. So, um, so you, you were saying like, you'll keep, so, so you'll just, you'll keep like the same, like multiple copies of the same album.
1: Yes, I have. I mean, just looking here, I mean, I have. Yes, I do plenty. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, because you- if I see it, if I see it and it's ch- ch- dirt cheap, I can't say no. Because even if I want to give it to somebody, or like, yeah. I was a part of a cassette tape swap for a while, where we were swapping cassette tapes, and there's like certain records that some people just don't have. Like, if you collect cassette tapes you need to have counting crows, August and everything after you need to have that tape. They made millions and millions of them. And like, if you don't have it in your collection, you should. So every time I see it, you can see it on the back wall. I think I have like five copies of it because I'll see it for a dollar and I'll just pick it up. And then if there's ever like a chance to do a swap, I'll send it and say, you should have this record because it's the best.
0: Right on. Right on. That's awesome, man. Um, But
1: there are certain bands that I collect that i just want to have it i mean i just like they might be giants i'll buy they might be giants album that i that i already have but i have no intention of getting rid of it just because i just love everything about that band and i like i want to collect all the weirdo stuff too
0: yeah yeah i definitely feel that there's certain records that i feel like i i want to have on on vinyl, on tape, and on CD. At least, at least, I just want to have in the different formats, because um, I feel like it's a mood thing too. Like sometimes I'm in the mood to listen to a CD. Sometimes I'm just in the mood to listen to a tape. I don't know. It's like, hey, I'm in a I'm in a 1999 mood today, or I'm in a 2003 mood today. I don't know.
1: <laughs> sure. I'm really lucky that I have I have a um, I have an electrical outlet on my front porch. So I went ahead and I put a stereo system on my front porch of just like bits and bobs that people are getting rid of on on Craigslist, like, hey, free receiver, free record player, yeah. free speakers. And I just gathered all that stuff and I rigged up like a really cool stereo system on my front porch. And like I'm always playing records out there whenever I'm sitting out there, whether I'm, you know, working on song, you know, yeah. working on songs yeah. or just having like a regular, you know, uh computer day. Um But in my office, I probably listen to cassettes. I like to make like I like to make mixtapes. So that's what I do the most in here is I have a I have a dual cassette tape mixer. So like I can just make like a mixtape and then I'll go ahead and make a whole bunch of copies and send them out.
0: Yeah, that's rad. I I actually on the uh, I wanted to ask you, too, about the the actual see, because my thing is like I'm I'm super into like as an audio guy and as a. Uh, an enthusiast of just like vintage tech and, and, and like actual components and and hi-fi gear and stuff like that. Like uh, a big part of it is that for me too. Like I'm just kind of into that stuff. So I, I always used to be like, when I was a kid, I had um one of those little like red wagons mm-hmm. and I used to take that sometimes when neighbors or people in the neighborhood had yard sales. When I was a kid, I was always after something electronic. I was always after a tape recorder, Or a VCR or like a T like I was always after something, something that you could plug in Um, and definitely like probably almost burned the house down on more than one occasion finding old things that should not have been plugged in. But (laughs) but I think that's a huge part of it, too, is just like getting into being an enthusiast of vintage tech and it's like they go hand in hand. I don't know like you got to have the stuff to play on it you got to have the stuff to like put it sure. through its paces and like make sure it my my favorite uh my favorite record to test out like an like a vintage receiver with is genesis's self-titled record i don't I, and sure. again i don't know why but just the way it sounds it's like um, home by the sea. That's like my, that's my track. You know, you want to like test the system. Then like,
1: <laughs> you had a lot of money to make that record super duper fancy. And I mean, of course, on a big system, it'll probably sound just absolutely huge. I like to play ELO. I don't know if you listen to electric light orchestra. I've not really ever gotten into them very much, but they have some pretty funky sounds with some pretty wide ranges and I'll put on an ELO tape you know um just to check her out
0: yeah nice what would you say you have the most of you were talking about like uh multiple copies what band do you have the biggest catalog of of? oh
1: um probably they might be giants i probably have them well that's not true um tom waits i have i have a, a lot of tom waits i have almost everything um I have uh, a lot of Fugazi and a lot of doubles of Fugazi because when I see those out in the wild, I usually get those too. Um, the Dead Milkmen, the Pixies, um, they might be giants. <laughs> nice. The Beatles, Beach Boys, um, Rage Against. I think I have every Rage Against the Machine album on every medium. I think I have all the cassettes all the vinyl and all the CD for Rage Against the Machine because I bought them a different time. You know, I've had them at different, yeah. different times. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have all the Ramones and the Clash and things like that. You know, I have Black Flag tapes and um, all that kind of stuff too.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome.
1: It's hard to say what I have the most of um, and without moving my computer screen.
0: Oh, no worries. It's all good. Um, I was just curious. It's uh, it's it, it's cool. Do you feel like you're relationship with collecting music has gotten any more like how has your your journey with it actually been this past year because you know obviously no one's been able to tour live shows aren't happening have you collected a lot more stuff just within this past year or would you say you've been more like you said before like in the world of like mixtapes and stuff
1: um i think i've bought more albums since um covid19 has been um around um from march of last year until now i think i have bought the most amount of albums in in like a a a stretch of time yeah Uh, only because i i have the time to do it the meditative um relaxing piece of just sitting there and listening to an album to get the whole thing in there it's i've just had the time to do it and there's been a bunch of amazing records that have been released like this last past year And having the ability to just sit there and digest them as a whole piece of art has just been great. So, yeah, I've definitely I've definitely tried to be more for myself, just more conscientious about buying new music like this came out on Friday. I'm going to buy it on Friday and I'm going to listen to it as like this is a brand new, fresh piece of art. And this is something that someone is saying right now. And um, how do I relate to that, you know, at this particular moment? So I have really enjoyed that process, too. Yeah. I, have a, I have a shelf. I'll show you. I have a shelf. That's my, my shelf of, of all records that I, uh, that I got just this year. Nice. So there's the records that came out this year, and there are the records that I bought this year that didn't come out this year. Okay. So at the end of the year, whenever I do my favorite albums of 2021, it's they're all there together. I know which ones I've listened to the most and which ones I liked the most and which ones I didn't like as much. And then I can come up with my album of the year list, which I only do for records that I've listened to. I don't do the album of the year based on like, if it's a digital album on the internet, I don't, I have to have it um,
0: physically in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's how I do it anyway.
0: I think I also have, uh, I think I probably also have bought more records this year within the span of a year than I really did in the past. I think uh I think it just was a way to like hang on to something. You know, it was like just it's just been a way to like hey, not I feel like, you know, there hasn't there hasn't been a ton of releases that I was into but but even some older records that like You know didn't come out this year but just were still available from different bands that like it's here it's what's right in front of me and it's like a way to keep supporting people and it's a way to keep um you know keep the the relationship alive with with whatever that artist is you know whoever that artist is
1: and and i want those bands to be around and have the finances to be able to tour whenever it's time to do so and you know if you like something whether it's punk rock or you know organic fair trade coffee or maybe you're into beard oil or maybe you're into you know um any type of comic books or any type of like sub genre of you know subculture um yeah if you really really like it and you want it to be around and you want it to you know flourish and thrive you know support it
0: yeah yeah for sure um I think that's uh I think I think that's the the saving grace of of music collecting in general and I think um I'm glad I mean it, 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 yeah it sucks that like we were saying before you know the, the the trendiness of of stuff and you know the trendiness of like Taylor Swift putting out a cassette and <laughs> kind of ruining it for everybody else but but like I think I'm actually glad that there's been a turn towards you know physical medium collecting and um and I think that's going to be kind of like Uh, a saving grace in a lot of ways, especially trying to get back running after this pandemic's over, you know, Um, which is cool. In no way do I throw any shade to Taylor Swift on putting out a (laughs) cassette.
1: I'm just saying like the people who've been living under a cave, namely me who are like collecting this piece of dead media thinking they're like under the radar is you ain't (laughs) under the radar anymore. Taylor Swift blew up your spot when they put out their record on tape. So like, it's not like people don't know that people are listening to cassette tapes now. Once Taylor Swift has done it, everybody knows.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just for saying sure. out loud. Just <laughs> sure saying that out loud and in public. Um so I guess we could we could talk a little bit about uh what's your what's your CD game like? Well, most
1: of the CDs that I have uh, I got from well, that's not true, not all of them, but um Sal from Rebuilder had a uh, had a sale on the internet where he said for twenty dollars he'll fill a shoebox of his own CD collection to mail it to your house. And I had well a spare I miss that? <laughs> I had a spare twenty dollars and I said, Okay, I'll see that. I'll see that for you and he sent me like a whole shoebox full of pretty cool CDs. But the newest, I mean, I only started to buy CDs again when our, you know, over the last, like, two years probably because our van has a CD player in it. And it was like, oh, if we're going to go out and play shows, we're going to listen to CDs in the van. So the CD player got installed in the van. We've been buying, I've been buying (laughs) CDs for a dollar. I've just been finding I'm like, oh, wait a second, I can own this album for a dollar. Of course I'm going to,
0: are you a guy? Are you a diehard like organized packaging guy with CDs too? Like, do you need to have the jewel case and the inserts?
1: Yeah, for sure. I I mean, I have some, I have some tapes that are just like rogue tapes, but they're only because they're super rare. And if you don't have the artwork, I'm not going to go ahead and get rid of it. Like I have an original, an original, uh, like an original cassette tape of, um, uh, minor threats out of step on cassette but it doesn't have the artwork to it so I just have the the cassette in a in a case and I just labeled it minor threat tape
0: right right but. yeah I was out of state for a little while during all this and borrowed a friend's car and it's the same car that she's had since we were in high school this is oh, a this is okay. a friend of mine from high school her car doesn't have any type of a, a an ox you know, or a Bluetooth or anything like that. Just the CD player, literally just still the CD player. And it was a pleasure. It was a joy. It was like, she was like, you know what, have fun with the car for, for two weeks. She was like, uh, I got to warn you, you can't play your phone in the car, but the same CD binder that I've had since we were in high school is still in the back. And there's like probably 50 CDs in there that you made me 15 years ago, um, or 17 years ago or whatever it was. And, uh, and and it was, it was, it was so rad. It was so great to like go back through this catalog and be like, Hey, yeah, I remember living in a world where like the CD binder was the front seat passenger. Most of the time.
1: (laughs) I remember, I remember my friend at the time, his name was, his name's Kenny. Um, he would drive a handful of us to the tech school. So we'd get out of regular high school and drive to the tech school. And he had a, a huge binder. And I mean, in my mind, they were only screeching weasel CDs, uh, but I'm sure there were other, I'm sure there were other <laughs> CDs in there too. But I remember every day would get out of school, they would go to McDonald's and get McDoubles, and then we would listen to Screeching Weasel from the McDonald's all the way to tech school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my brother's band recently got a van, you know, second use, it actually came from a church or some kind of, some kind of a church group or something like that. Same thing, CD players in there right? And they were like, this is what we do in the van. We listen to CDs that sure. you can't plug in your phone, but that's the point. Like CDs all the time. Let's get in, get up on the CD game. So I think it's cool. Cause it's just, it's, it's definitely a medium. I always connected with more in transit situations than I ever did at home. So sure. every place, every type of medium kind of has its, has its place where it belongs. And I feel like, you know, Anybody that's our age with like CDs are always going to be belong, belong in a vehicle. That's, <laughs> that's it. I yeah. remember I remember when I was a senior in high school, um, radiohead kid a
1: came out and we went to century three mall and I bought it and we got in my friends. Uh, I think he drove a Camry and we just drove around in like dreary Pittsburgh and just listened to radiohead kid a, and I didn't understand it at the time. I was like, I don't know the noises that they're making. But they are making me feel something. So we just listened to it over and over and over and over and over again. And like would stop, would get like would go to, you know, would go to a gas station and get a soda and talk about it. And like, I think we need to listen to it again. I was like, all right, let's we'll go ahead and do it. <laughs> and we drove around and I didn't know what the words were because when you open up Radiohead Kid A. And you look at the and you look at the liner notes. It's just art. It's like this really weird digital art of like these mountainscapes. Yeah. And I didn't know what any of the words were until I don't remember where I saw this, but somebody pointed it out that if you lift the CD case, there's a little booklet that they put in the back of the CD in oh, between. They
0: hid it in there. No shit. And you know opened
1: it and it had all the words in there. And I was like, that's what they're saying. This is super strange. And like made me fall in love with it. Not only because, you know, a C a digital C D, we knew when it was gonna come out. We skipped school, we really spent time with it, really, really listened to it, but also like the surprise and the and the 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 trigger memory inside my mind of like how surprised I was to see a band do something so strange as to put the to hide the lyrics in like a weird booklet underneath the CD tray. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, dude, that's the thing that you can't replace ever in a digital. I mean, you you can make. I I remember bands once in a while would do. Do you remember an, an enhanced CD or sure. like an like so you'd put like so it was a regular music CD and then like you could put it in your computer's CD ROM. And there's like a video, and there'd be like the something hidden hidden in there. And it's like I remember that, but like anything digital, you know is eventually going to be able to be accessed by anybody. And like, it just doesn't, you can't replace, you can't replace something like that. You can't replace. Like I always, I always am disappointed when I, when any physical record, like a tape, or, a final a CD, whatever doesn't have the lyrics in it. Like that for me is always key. I always want there to be lyrics in there. And I'm always disappointed when there aren't. Um, Cause sometimes there aren't. And, and I understand obviously too, especially with smaller bands, like it costs money to make it, you know? Yeah. So like, you can't always have, sometimes you just have like the little insert card, you know? But, um,
1: also too, just coming from like an absolute DIY world that you should have an album insert in there. Like even if you have to go to the damn Kinko's and, and maybe, you have to, yeah. and you have to go ahead and just do a black and white thing that lets us know what you're about. that lets us know who's in the band, where the hell you got it mixed at, how we can order a t-shirt. Like, Yeah, to not have that in there is such a disservice, not only to the art that you made, but like to the person who like wants to follow along. Like you've already intrigued their taste enough to get them to purchase the record. Now give them something, you know. There should be like I just love the pageantry of it. Yeah, like I love I love the inside jokes that are on the end. You know, you know that 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 often exist there. Um, I love. I'm a sucker for good album
0: layout. Um, I'm a sucker for yeah. really good photography, photography and lyrics. That's my, I want, I want the lyrics and I generally tend to lean towards photography versus drawn art in albums. It's not to knock, like it's not to knock drawn art in any way, shape or form. Sure. Cause there's beautiful album art out there. Um, but I love, I love sick photography, you know, sure. I love it. I love it. The, uh, not to fanboy out on you, but, but like I was a big fan of the, uh, the scheme you did with like the shirt and the wallpaper, uh, cool. you know, blending in like stuff like that. It's just, that's, that's always where I gravitate towards of like, you know, favorite, favorite record styles and like elements of a, of a record for sure. I,
1: I like, I like it whenever the art reflects the sound of the music that you're making. Yes. That if it, if it, you know, if it, if it calls back to it, if you, if you, if you look into the art, like whenever I've listened to, um, milk hotel, airplane over the sea, the art that goes along with the record makes it so congruent. Like it takes you to a very specific place you can see and feel what's happening around it. And it, and it, and it's super, like it's in touch with itself and like, I just think that that's remarkable when it gets to happen. Now, not everybody who puts out a record even cares about the album art at all. And sometimes it's something that's completely obscure and abstract. And, you know, because you want to be avant-garde, you don't put the lyrics in it. Whatever it is that you're choosing to do. yeah. But I do like it whenever it does, like, you know, it calls back to it. And it like it, it's a whole piece. I like that myself.
0: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the band Brand New, and Brand New's uh, record art has always mm-hmm. been that way for me. Like the the photography that they've used in their in their album art, I, I think they're they're a good example of that too. They've they've always had album art that is a visual representation of the music in so many ways. I think that's always resonated with me a lot. So um, I don't know. Do you want to do uh, Do you want to do some some kind of like I don't know. We could we could talk about top fives, or we could talk about favorite sure. favorite categories or favorite Favorite now. stuff that you have. I feel I can't hold a candle to your music collection, but I could. I could probably. I could probably pick a few of my favorites. You
1: ask me a question, I'll go fetch it for you, and I'll just bring it back to you, and I'll show you what it is.
0: All right. How about like, what's your oldest? What's the oldest thing you have in your collection that is like the most special to you? Or it doesn't have to be the most special to you, but the old, the oldest thing, because that's what I, that's what I have here that I could talk about.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. The oldest thing let's go ahead and lift this up and we'll just take a look at this this is 1964 but i have older bob dylan stuff i have some bob dylan stuff that is from like the early 60s i have some old woody guthrie albums that are pretty old i guess i'll just i guess i'll just stick with this and probably say um pet sounds by the beach boys
0: cool that's probably
1: that's probably whenever i start to collect a majority of the material that i have
0: okay cool Um, mine, I'd say mine is I have this 45. Okay. It's a 45 single of hot sand and Venus by the shocking blue. And it was my mom's and it was, I think the first thing I ever listened to on a record. It was in a, in a crate full of records at my grandmother's house when I was a kid. And she had one of those, she had this, turntable that had a turntable on top, a cassette player in the front and a radio in the front, like all built into one thing. I remember listening to this on it and it being one of the first times I like picked up a record and put it on. So that one's like one of my super favorites for sure. And I love that band. Yeah. I don't know what else could we, what, what what are you most proud of that you've got like your top fives of?
1: Let me just go ahead and I'll just share with you some of the ones that I think are special.
0: Yeah, that's Uh, good. Go go through your highlights.
1: (laughs) I do have a copy of Weezer Pinkerton on cassette tape and on vinyl and on CD. I have an original, uh, uh, well, cassette tape and a first edition pressing of it on vinyl, too. Um, let me see. Fun stories. Um, okay, this is a cool. Um, I have a sealed copy of Frank Black's Teenager of the Year, which is one of, um, which is one of my faves. Um, here is, here's that copy of the beach boys smiley smile on cassette that I told you about that. I've only seen one of that. I have, that's pretty cool. Um, I have a ton of, they might be giants and Devo. Um, let me see. Oh, I love this tape. Um, I played this so many times. I listened to Rage Against the Machine Battle of Los Angeles so many times when it came out. Um, Okay, this is a funny story about this tape here in particular. Um, uh, This is a copy of Nas Illmatic on cassette tape. There's the parental advisory sticker right there. Um, I got that cassette tape um, out of a... um, out of a yard sale, not a yard sale, M um, and M M&M Munster Mall in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Uh, this guy just goes and buys like um, has just like lots and lots of of uh, well, he buys dead people stuff. So if your grandma dies, oh, like a state he, goes into, and- he goes into your house and takes out all the junk and then sells it in his junk store. Garden hoses and yeah. and, and and VHS tapes and an ottoman and a, and you know anything you know lots of pans the whole bit. Love it. Yes, and I found that cassette tape for a quarter, just sitting on the top of a pile, and I was like, "Wow, that's crazy." Um, I never, yeah, for twenty five cents, I, um, I, I feel like I hit the lottery. Um,
0: I think me- I have to come down to your area to, uh, to go, to go thrift shopping, man. It sounds like you've got a better selection down there. I mean, we, we have, we certainly have thrift stores up here, but sure. sometimes real good shit's hard to come by up here. <laughs> we got like, I have just-
1: a. Um- I have a Japanese release of Radiohead Kid A on cassette tape. That's one of my that's one of my hidden jewels that I'm glad that I have. Um, uh, ha, ha, ha. I have a whole bunch of Bad Religion tapes. Um, Rancid, Out Come the Wolves. Everybody loves that album. Um, album. I have. Um Operation Ivy. Everybody loves Operation Ivy. This is a super old one for me. It's not the oldest tape in my collection, but the one that I probably had the longest. This is um MXPX oh. um, Let It Happen cassette tape.
0: Dude, I haven't um, thought about that band in so long. That's so funny.
1: That was that's my nice. that was that was a super important band for me whenever I was in high school.
0: Um I definitely have a CDR of that band here somewhere. A, this is a
1: um this is a radio promo of the of the first that dog album uh, it's super duper good that's a great record oh here's all my Alanis more set oh here's um one two three and I have one of on my other case. Have Counting Crows, August and everything Counting Crows, man. Nice. I got these, these are really cool actually. I got the system of a down tapes from the Philippines. There's a there's a cassette tape seller there. His name's Don. And he has all these like super rare releases that he sells and he ships out on the internet. Wow. And uh, I've been buying tapes off him. I got a bunch of uh I got the strokes and 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 a bunch of stuff that came out in like the nineties that that's pretty hard to find.
0: Hey, here's a question for you. Yeah. How did you get all those storage racks that you have all the tapes in? Are those custom built? Did you make those or are those? No, I just
1: found them at thrift stores and flea markets. You know, sometimes you get them for five bucks. Sometimes, you know, some of them I've paid, you know, 10 or $15 for. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would just keep my eye out for them and I would, I would comb the internet for them and, and sometimes people were giving them away and I would just go there and get them. I was lucky one time. There's a store in Pittsburgh called the Center for Creative Reuse. And they had a whole box filled with adding stacks, which are the plastic, they're like Lego containers and you can make like modular cassette tape racks for your wall. Okay, And cool. I went there and I bought, they had them for like 50 cents a piece and I bought everyone that they had. I
0: feel like I have, I've no, I've not really often seen ones that are that big. Like I wasn't sure if they were all one unit. Cause I've, I've, I remember the old ones with the drawers, like the sort yeah. of fake wood grain ones with the drawers and stuff like that. But that's really awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. They're just They, um, they,
1: each, they each hold a hundred. So you can see. Um, on that wall there, there's 200 there, and then there's th- probably 200 there. And then the big wall there holds about 500. Nice. Um,
0: all right. So real quick before we leave, let's do, what would you say your favorite, uh, what are some of your favorite CDs? Let's cover favorite? We'll cover it. We'll cover CDs. And then, and then, okay. <laughs> wrap it up.
1: I got a whole bunch. Um, I got a whole bunch of descendants and all CDs um that i that i got in like uh that i got in like a pack i think sal sent me some of them Mm -hmm. um i really do like to i like to drive around in the tour van and listen to the descendants and sing along um to most of the words sweet
0: that's awesome i think i saw a long time ago you and sal going like toe-to-toe on instagram live of like your like top five something different different records you were going through records a while back Thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. Hopefully, and, uh, I answered all
1: your questions. Okay.
0: Oh, dude, absolutely. Well cool. Like I said earlier, I, I wish I had more of a collection to uh, hold a candle to yours, but I'm I'm hopeful that uh, everybody will be kind of more into music collecting as we get out of this pandemic and kind of get back to it's it's like like I've said a million times, like when we get shows again, you know, there better be a line at that merch booth. There better be there better be people just. Like yeah, to, to, to to buy shit and like just appreciate it more you know hopefully that's a positive that comes out of it
1: i think it will be and i just i think that if people are making things that they really care about and they're spending the time and the attention that it takes to make it great i think people will will spend their time and attention looking at it i'm excited to just go ahead and see what bands have created and go out there and, and consume it and um I'm, I'm super excited to get back to going to shows I don't know. I don't know if I'm super excited about playing shows right away, but I am super excited about just going and just being a fan of music. And like, you know, I've already played a million shows in my life and like I can always go back to doing it at a full time pace or like whatever that happens to look like. But I really I really have grown accustomed and enjoyed a more chill life of like being at home. Not to say that I don't ever want to go on tour again. Of course I do. But. Something inside of my heart, I don't know what it is, is extraordinarily just okay with just being and existing. And it's for the first time in my life I've ever just felt this way. And I I really do like it. Even my partner said, you know, two days ago, like, you are much more at peace now, it seems, than you are whenever you're just coming from tour to tour and traveling all the time. And I think that's true, Um, you know. I'm happy. I'm super duper happy to go and watch shows, but I think whenever I go back to doing it, I think it'll be very s- specific and special. Like I want to come to Boston. I want to play a very specific type of show. I want it to feel and look like this. And whenever we do it, it'll be like a big, huge special event. And make sure that when you know you go to do it, that you mean it, and that you know I'm coming to Boston, and we're gonna have a great you know we're gonna have a great gig out of it, and yeah. like. Instead of saying, oh, I'll be back to Boston five times this year, catch it or don't, you know? Right, Um,
0: right. Just being
1: more specific about it and more, you know.
0: I hope that, um, you know, one of the things that just comes out of all this is like people having a better sense and understanding of like balance and like what's healthy. You know, hopefully that's something that comes out of it. That's like we've had we've had time to breathe. We've had time to think and like kind of be home or like turn to our inner comforts, you know, which is why music collecting is a perfect topic to, and, and relevant to discuss because it's such a comfort. It's like, it's, you know, food for the soul in that sense. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I dig that for sure. And I, I think shows in general are going to be more special for people when we come back from this, you know, it's fitting to talk to you too on a, on an anecdote, because the show that you played at great Scott, uh, I want to say it was November ish of 2019
1: we played in October and in November. We played there twice, once with Ramona and once with Harley Poe.
0: Yeah, I think it was the November one was the last show that I saw at Great Scott before they closed, and it was also one of the last shows I went to in general before everything shut down. Was sure. was that show? So no doubt when you do come back to Boston, it will be a special occasion, my friend. And, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show today and it was rad to hang out and rad to, to catch up (laughs) So
1: much. I had a great time too. All
0: right. Well, have a great night and, uh, and we'll see you soon.
1: All right, bud. Talk to you soon.